Brighton this year? Albert Mosscrop closed his eyes, drew back his head and sniffed. It was the long, indulgent sniff of a man quite absorbed in the olfactory function. Ah, there it was, unmistakably. A whiff of sea air among the conflicting odours of the London, Brighton and South Coast Railway. He pressed a sixpence into a porter's palm. Do you see the green portmanteau there on the luggage rack? Kindly convey it to number 50 Montpellier Parade and inform Miss Lyle that Mr Mosscrop intends to pass the day on the promenade and will arrive for tea at four. No, but not this one. He moved his hand protectively to a small Gladstone bag. I shall require this during the day. Yes, by George. If Brighton in September lived up to its reputation, he would need the bag. The signs were promising enough. As the train had steamed into the terminus, the crowds on the platform were three and four deep. Third-class passengers every one, there was no doubt of that. Each group carrying its own luggage and every face lobster red from the sun. Clerks and shop assistants and their families returning to the fogs of the metropolis after a week at the Briny. They were leaving in hundreds, abandoning the town like an army in retreat, wooden spades and tin buckets in hand. The Brighton of Ginger Beer and Punch and Judy was being surrendered to a different class of visitor. It was Polo at Preston Park and Bernhardt at the Theatre Royal from now on. If you wanted a furnished house in the Royal Crescent, the price had jumped overnight to ten guineas a month. The season had begun. Brighton Herald, carry your bag, mister. Fetch your cab, sir. Small boys bombarded him at the station entrance. New arrivals were worth pursuing in September. He shook his head emphatically. What could be more philistine than taking one's first breath of ozone from a hansom? He set off at a sharp step down the Queen's Road and instantly regretted it. The thoroughfare was lined with public houses of the most dubious kind, the first resort of excursionists when they streamed out of the London trains on bank holidays. No gentleman would be seen in such a place. Misspelt postcards propped at the bottom of windows among dead flies announced equivocally that rooms with private service were available on request. Winking females reinforced the offer from open casements upstairs. Odious as the neighbourhood was, Mosscrop had made his decision. There was no turning back. He marched down the hill at infantry pace, eyes concentrated ahead on the convergence of the two sides of the street. Presently, fortitude was rewarded. A wedge of wholesome, glittering blue appeared. By then, he was almost as far down as West Street. Salubrious, sea-level Brighton lay ahead. He did not stop until the sea stretched across the full width of his vision and a fresh breeze ruffled his hair and moustache. He stood at the Esplanade railing, listening to the grate of shingle and the cries of children and rediscovering the smell of seaweed. The blood quickened in his veins. He tightened his grip on the Gladstone bag. The beach below was not crowded by Saturday standards. There were sufficient customers to keep the boatmen and bathing machine attendants busy, 
but the real shoulder-to-shoulder occupation of the pebbles was over for 1882. Those remaining were middle-class families for the most part, seated placidly at decent distances from each other, enjoying the air and avoiding the sun under large hats and parasols. A few stone-throwers played ducks and drakes at the water's edge. The summer spectacle of lines of cockney paddlers, boots suspended from their necks, was over. Anyone venturing into the water now came from a corporation machine properly attired in a striped costume. Mosscrop joined the general movement in the direction of the West Pier. In his check suit and bowler, he was soon inconspicuous, one of a long parade of freshly arrived visitors taking that first bracing turn along the prom. The tempo was leisurely, dictated by bath chairs. The conversation loud and entirely taken up with a social roll call. Everyone was expected back from Trouville or Baden-Baden this week or next. The fashionable visitors list office in East Street had never received so many callers. <laughs>